0: You're listening to Going Places. I'm your host, Kara Orbo. I initially started this podcast to learn more about the ins and outs of travel. Eventually, I discovered there's so much more to a person than where they go. My goal is to learn more from people who are going places. I've interviewed community leaders, entrepreneurs, veterans, authors, and experts who tell fascinating stories and give amazing advice. Thanks for tuning in, and I can't wait to see where you go. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Going Places. I'm your host Kara Orbell, and today I have a special guest. This is a guest that I've wanted to interview for a while now. Um, Two
1: years, probably.
0: Yeah, it's this been a is. While. So I am talking to William Augustus McCormick.
2: Whoa, full he, name
0: full name he is a youper true and true born in iron mountain michigan he is also a fellow graduate of st norbert college class of 2022 and he is an amazing photographer he is a marketplace analyst at backcountry and he is also my boyfriend and (laughs) live-in roommate um we've got a lot of things going on and we just moved across the country to salt lake city so thanks I, for being on the show. Yeah,
1: am I your first Utah interview? Like you are my that,
0: first Utah interview. Let's go. I think, I hope, I don't know. You've
1: you've posted some, but I mean, I've like the first you've interviewed. Yeah. The first interviewee. First from Utah.
0: interviewee. Yeah. Okay, okay so I'm I have honored. some. I have some good questions for you. Let's start from the very beginning. I want to point out that you're my second youper on the show, mm-hmm. but what was it like growing up both from iron mountain? What was it like yeah. growing up from in iron mountain, Michigan?
1: That's kind of funny. I'm, I'm in good company here with the, with the other youper.
0: Yeah. Steve Mariucci.
1: <laughs> oh, it's interesting. Um, I think it definitely, you know, looking back on it now, it's like, it's what drew me to like, it, basically it's why I'm in the the field that I'm in and like the profession that I'm in and the industry that I'm in. Um, I think there's a lot of good and bad to it. Like it definitely like drove my, my love for the outdoors and like my appreciation for like being able to get outside very easily. And Mm -hmm. so having that access and being able to go out and drive, you know, 20 minutes to like some crazy waterfall and go mess around with photography and find that passion was really fun. Um, and it's, it was really honestly a blessing uh, to have like a group of friends that also enjoyed that Mm -hmm. and kind of to share that, that beauty. Um, there's also some downsides, you know. There's it's a small town, so you kind of have to pick and choose your battles with certain people. And um, but at the end of the day, really is it's a great place. It was really fun. I, I really like the UP, and I'm never not gonna go back there. Like I mm-hmm. really enjoy the UP, and I think to anybody who hasn't been there, I would strongly suggest that you go visit because <laughs> it is really underappreciated. It's got some some of the most beautiful landscapes, a national park that most people don't even go visit. And I've backpacked <laughs> in a few times. You guys need to go check out Isle Royal. It's so cool. Um, but Iron Mountain's a good town. It, it, honestly, like my high school had a lot of support for post-grad mm-hmm. of, of high school, that is. Um, it was the main, it was the reason why I was able to go to St. Norbert. Yeah. Um, so without that support from a high school, I would not have been able to afford to go to St. Norbert. And so for that, I'm really grateful because it, it's basically kind of crazy. And I know we're going to get into it, but just the way that like my love for the outdoors was built... Through those, you know, those years living in the UP and then being able to go to St. Norbert and that, and we'll get into it, but it basically snowballed to where we are now. Yeah, so on it, a mountain. It's a long, yeah, see. it's a long-winded answer. I hope I covered, I yeah. hope I covered.
0: So I interview a lot of entrepreneurs and I love asking mm-hmm. them what the entrepreneurial mindset is. But for the UP, mm-hmm. could you define what the UPer mindset is? Work hard. Work hard, okay. Work hard. That's uh-huh. it.
1: That is like... That is my shtick. Okay.
0: That it's so,
1: it's interesting. And it honestly probably comes from the UP um, and a little bit from both my grandparents Mm -hmm. or both sets of my grandparents. Both of them are very hardworking individuals. And so having that foundation as well. But I think that the UP from an early age, I was told, you know, always deliver more than what you're asked. Hmm. And that's something that I pretty much stand by to this day. And I think it's why, or I know it's why, uh, where I am now, it, that's a direct result of that. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I always, always, always shoot to do with whatever career job task I have is how can I do what you want me to do, but better hmm. and to be, to deliver more than what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a lot to say that for somebody that drives value like that and being a team player and, you know, bringing more to the table than what is asked is always it's nice to yeah. have it you know, to ever have a teammate where you're managing them or something and they do more than what you want them to do. It's a great feeling. Yeah. So providing that, I think, and just the foundation that was laid way early on by not only my parents and grandparents and, you know, whole family, that was something that was taught from early on. But I think everybody up there is, or a lot of them anyways, work hard. Yeah. So.
0: Well, you definitely overachieved in college because you were a triple <laughs> major in accounting, economics, and finance. hmm so, walk me through what in God's name made you decide to <laughs> triple major in all of those really difficult majors.
1: Um yeah, it's kind of funny like it it sounds crazy. It, it sounds a lot crazier than it actually is. It still it was yeah. still pretty crazy. Yeah. Um the amount of work that was put into that. Uh basically the way it started out, uh through high school I was heavily involved in accounting and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think that Looking back on it now, and I was just thinking about this today, just because we were gonna—I figured we were gonna talk about this. I think I liked accounting so much because in high school I found it so easy. Okay. And as it progressed through huh. college, and I kind of got into like tax accounting, <laughs> and um, tax accounting specifically was like the worst class for me ever. Um, but kind of you know coming out of high school, I was pretty much dead set on becoming a CPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you do that, you need—you know—Saint Norbert allowed you to, or allowed me the ability to take extra credits every semester. Mm -hmm. Um, So I maxed out credits every semester through senior year up to senior year. Um, So I was taking 18 credits every semester, which was crazy. Yeah. Um, But you need to take 32 extra credits. So you graduate with 128. To take the CPA exam, you need need 150. Mm -hmm. And so you load on a bunch of extra classes. Oh, my God. And (laughs) just the way it worked out, I really love the economics department. Yeah. I really love taking econ courses and I always cool. just threw them on because I knew they were challenging, mm-hmm. but I always kind of found a way to like love studying for economics. Hmm. And it was this thing that like in high school, I hated econ. I was like, this yeah. is terrible. I'm never going to do this. Yeah. Um, and through time it was like, oh, I kind of like the subject and I really considered switching. Yeah. But I was still dead set on the accounting thing. <laughs> I, I was, you know going to career, uh, uh, like coaching sessions and trying to learn about the profession. Wow. And, um, and, and then I think it was sophomore year at the time you had to choose between either accounting or finance yeah was either. Um, and they were, they decided to waive that and you could take a few extra classes mm-hmm. and add the finance and be a double major. Mm-hmm. So what most accounting students do, almost every single accounting student will do, cause you have to take all those extra credits, Accounting, finance, double major. Yep. Econ minor. Okay. A lot of them. A lot will. Yep. Um, and it just so happened that I ended up taking so many extra econ electives that looking at the schedule, my roommates were like, dude, you should just take these two extra econ courses that are brutally hard and just get through it. Just And, and so just to say oh, you have three God. majors, because how cool would that say that, yeah, I have three majors. Yeah. Um, and so for them, I'm really grateful because I don't think I would have done it without them kind of giving me that nudge. Hmm. I think I was pretty happy with the, the way I was, you know, like my career was going. Um, and after that, yeah, I was just like, let's do it, you know, and it's crazy. And I know you're going to get into this, but the reason I got my internship with Backcountry, and I don't mean to skip to this was because my manager who hired me at the time said, honestly, your resume is most impressive because you have three majors.
0: Yep. That's and if cool. it wasn't
1: for my roommates who pushed me to do that, I, I don't think I would have gotten that internship. Yeah. At least, you know, just the selection process and everything and going through resumes is yeah. hard enough. Yeah. So to stand out, that was really, I think, what did it for me. At least yeah. that's what I believe and yeah. was told.
2: So, hmm. yeah. That's cool.
1: Yeah. So I don't mean to jump around yeah. there, but no, you're Just good. kind of, you know, jump. evolving and finding, you know, through college, I had mm-hmm. a lot of accounting internships and finding that this isn't really what I love. Yeah. I don't feel like fulfilled by this, by this job, by these duties. Yeah. Um, and the, kind of realizing that coming up to my junior year and I was like, you know yeah. what, I'm going to, you know, do some searching and try some other internships and yeah. see what I can find and see if there's anything that I really truly do love. But yeah, Backcountry just came up. So that, that summer of my junior year, you know, uh, junior year leading into, when did this happen? I got to get my timeline Junior
0: year to senior year. Yeah,
1: it was. So the, the summer between junior and senior year was mm-hmm. the summer that I came out here and interned. But before that. Um, the whole process began of me deciding you know what I don't want to do this accounting thing I don't want to have the same internship I've had for the last two summers I want to go try something different
0: what advice would you give to someone in that situation
1: it's a very good question and I'm glad you asked that because I'm actually that's the way I was going anyways um basically what I decided to do is I've loved LinkedIn and I've always used LinkedIn (laughs) um and what I did was I basically started applying to like four or five jobs every day Wow. So I knew where I wanted to be. I wanted to be mm-hmm. in Utah. I wanted to be either, so either Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, um, Montana. Uh-huh. kind of was, you know, up for those states. And I just set west. my, yep. And I was like, I want to go west. I want to go out and experience that outdoor lifestyle, be around those kind of people and basically set my, you know, parameters to like, I want these states. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for these kind of jobs. And so I did look for accounting ones. Cause I was like, I'll keep that, you know, as an option. <laughs> um and backcountry came up and they had a marketing um e-commerce ops um i think an engineering and a couple other yeah totally blanking on them but i applied for the marketing and the uh, e-e-commerce ops huh i got denied for the marketing <laughs> and i got accepted for the econ op ecom ops actually and i actually got denied right away for ecom ops and then they emailed me like a day later and they're like oh sorry that was a mistake we actually want to interview you yeah um, but That's what I had crazy. done prior to that was I would apply to these jobs and then look up, you know, say in this instance, backcountry hiring manager. Mm-hmm. And I would just say, hey, my name's Will. You know, give yourself a little yeah. elevator pitch, like two, Reach out. you know, two kind of like separated paragraphs, short paragraphs, mm-hmm. giving a brief explanation of yourself, saying, I'm interested and just want to let you know that I've applied. And I found that that has worked tremendously. Yeah. You're going to fall on your face a lot and a lot of people aren't going to reply to you. (laughs) But it it, I I did it for finding jobs post-grad and it worked great. Yeah. I had opportunities that I never would have had.
0: Yeah.
1: Conversations I never would have had with people. Connections Mm -hmm. I would have never made. And so I think that the greatest advice I can give to you is just to throw yourself out there because the worst Mm -hmm. that happens is people say no or they just don't reply. Yeah. Which in that case it's like oh well you try and move on to the next.
0: Yeah.
1: And so that's Honestly, like the best thing that I ever figured out in that process of applying for internships was just to throw yourself out there, see what can happen, use your connections, mm-hmm. use those second and third connections on LinkedIn. Say, oh, hey, we have <laughs> this connection in common. Yeah. You know, I want to get into the company you're in. I've applied mm-hmm. to this job. I'm interested. Yeah. And just trying your absolute hardest to, to use that uh, that social network. LinkedIn is so powerful. Um, there's a lot mm-hmm. of good and a lot of bad things. I think the good things are the ability to reach out and use your network. Yeah. to find you know opportunities you never thought you would have seen true so that's my okay. best advice i can give to anyone looking for an internship or a job yeah. you know i think that's honestly such a powerful tool, tool to have
0: huh. that's good advice yeah let's dive in so when did this utah dream come up because i kind of just hopped along and i ended up here randomly so like when were you like okay i'm moving west i'm gonna go
1: yeah, I mean, I think that that summer of interning for Backcountry was really amazing.
0: Was that the first time, though?
1: Yeah, I mean, before then, I knew I wanted to move west. Okay. I don't think Utah was ever something that I was like, yep, it's going to be Salt Lake City. It's going to be Park City. Yeah. I, I, I kind of actually wrote Park City off because of just how expensive it was to be there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and just was like, that's not going to happen. Okay. Um, So it was actually more seriously considering cities like Bozeman, Montana, Um boulder boise. yeah boise okay. just kind of like those like fun outdoorsy mm-hmm. somewhat affordable cities to live in a lot of them out here are just you yeah know, it's hard it really is insane uh and then through that internship with backcountry they you know they basically they paid for my housing the entire summer i got to live in park city yeah got to really experience what it's like to live in park city which is just amazing and mm-hmm. it was a serious blessing <laughs> on top of being paid which was just crazy <laughs> Um, and so after that I was like, yeah, I really like it out here, and I want to you know make a go of it and I, I really do enjoy it. Uh, and and kind of before that time, I was considering going to school out here. and so I, I think at that point I was I felt ready yeah. as a, a, you know, after deciding at to college. stay say somewhat close to home, and then after college was kind of done and I was getting close to my, the end of my college or at least my undergrad career, <laughs> it was uh, it was evident that I wanted to move out here and, okay. I, and I needed to make it happen.
0: What has been your biggest surprise since moving out here?
1: Hmm. So, honestly, I was very nervous about living in Salt Lake. Okay. I didn't think that I would enjoy it. Hmm. I'm not a city person by any means. Yeah. I would say I'm actually the exact opposite. If I had the option to live, you know, way, way, way far away from people, I would do that over living in a city.
0: You're From the UP, it makes sense.
1: Exactly. And... I think I was really nervous about living here because I was worried about just, like, being in the city at all times was going to yeah. be something that, like, drove me crazy. Huh. And so far, it's been great. Yeah. It could be, you know, the fact that we live in a, you know, a neighborhood that is somewhat quiet. Yeah. It's crazy lucky, you know. It, I mean, we basically rented this place sight unseen. Yeah. And totally lucked out with just, we're right off the highway yeah but it's so quiet location. and so exactly mm-hmm. i think that we got really lucky with our location i think if we'd have been in the heart of the city i would ha- be having a really hard time true and so i came into this expecting i'm gonna like being here but i'm gonna spend every waking moment out of the city
0: Hmm.
1: and i've actually enjoyed being here yeah so it's been a good surprise it's something that i'm like really really grateful to have like that part of me pushed a little bit because i think it's opened my eyes a lot more than i i mean if i'd have been up in park, park city, city or heber or Camus or wherever i would yeah. have you know basically gone to work went for a bike ride and then sat at home all day yeah and i think this has forced me to be a little more social which is definitely good for me
0: mm-hmm. what has been your biggest thing out of your comfort zone if it wasn't the city mm. driving <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs>
1: yeah that's, that's a good point the the pass up to work is pretty pretty brutal in the morning, but you get used to it. It it yeah. seems scary at first, but it's honestly not the that's not the worst. I think uh, just getting comfortable with like the new position I have. Hmm. It, it, generally, it's the same side of the business, mm-hmm. but the functional responsibility or the functional you know uh, the, the functionality of the job day-to-day. is the day to day is so different. Yeah, so different. Like basically everything I learned last summer. Thrown out the window, <laughs> huh. so it's really exciting yeah. because it's like totally new. It's starting over, mm-hmm. but it's also extremely, you know, nerve wracking because I want to yeah. be a valuable, helpful teammate yeah. to the best ability that I know I can be, mm-hmm. and so just having that balance of learning and knowing that it's going to take time to learn, mm-hmm. and I have a great manager that has been here forever and has and, and knows that side of the business extremely well, and so I'm really yeah. grateful for that because. I'm able, I was able to first week provide valuable work, um, that, you know, without his guidance, I wouldn't be able to do.
0: That's cool. Would you say that's kind of common for internships? Like they kind of hold your hand, like any internship. I had great internships in college, Mm -hmm. but going into a marketing role, I was like, holy crap, there's no safety net. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, you're there. Yeah. That's life. Like, welcome to the real world. Is that your experience too?
1: You know, interestingly enough, actually, my internship I had with um, Joey Sweeney, who was my manager at the time at Backcountry, was extremely hands-off. He was very like, I want this built like this. Um, Basically, my summer was spent creating something that wasn't Excel in a different software that they were transitioning to. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And Joey basically came to me and said, hey... We took a we we got, got a got a conference room, drew it out, and said, "This is what I want you to build." Yeah, I have no idea how it works. Figure it out.
0: That's cool. That's a lot of responsibility. Which was a
1: lot. It, it was cool because it wasn't the biggest deal in the world if I didn't figure it out. Yeah, but it was also really freaking cool if I did. Yeah, and I was able to get like I would say ninety five percent of what he wanted, mm-hmm. which is now broken. Doesn't work anymore. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> but. That's mostly because of just a lot of metric changes in the software and I could yeah. easily tweak it to make it work again. Oh. Um, which is really cool to say that it's still somewhat, you know, I would say yeah,
0: something half did. of it
1: is still functioning now that was working yeah. before. So it's just a lot of correcting, but I, nobody's using it right now. Yeah. So, But it was really hands-off actually, which I think was something that prior internships I had were very like, let me show you how to do this and are you doing this right? And <laughs> I think it got to the point where it was so boring because there was no autonomy there was no yeah you know there's no falling on my face and getting so frustrated i wanted to like shake my computer and yeah that in backcountry it was a lot of like nobody knows so figure it out be resourceful use the internet see what you can find they're very
0: innovative that way they're very very like you go do it And then if it it works Mm -hmm. great, like they, they try new things.
1: Right. And which that e-commerce ops internship prepared me so well for this job that I have now. Mm -hmm. It's weird because everything I learned was thrown out the window, but I think the ability to learn is what I pulled from that summer and I'm using it now.
0: Yeah. That's really good. Let's talk about photography and how you got into it. Let's do it. That's kind of like, seeing where you are now Mm -hmm. it's definitely like Rome wasn't built in a day but seeing all the things that you're capable of and all of the literal photos that are hanging in our house Mm -hmm. like how did that come to be
1: like many things that I'm in now uh activities things I enjoy outside of work Mm -hmm. were gifted to me Hmm. somebody in my family uh my uncle Mike he was I love, I love my uncle Mike. He's awesome. Um, has this crazy ability to just see these like passions or like, um, not passions. He can gifts. see hobbies and gifts in people yeah. that nobody else can see. Hmm. Uh, for instance, he gifted my dad as a huge fisherman, gifted my dad his first boat ever and basically sparked that entire interest. Wow. Uh, and I so my uncle that. Mike gifted me, uh, I had a GoPro that <laughs> I was recording, uh, Ski edits and taking pictures of my buddies and I out in the ski hill at that great Pine mountain um, <laughs> And after a couple ski edits and putting those together and getting a new gopro and really enjoying it and the kind of dabbling I think I had a a hero Four, <laughs> Could do some long exposures yeah. and I was starting to really like doing long exposures and
2: cool. trying
1: that out uh, My uncle mike was like hey, like here's a camera yeah, um, and so he gifted me a sony a5 x or something it was something a mirrorless a really nice startup mirrorless camera Oh um it was great it was an awesome camera uh and so through there just started like going out with buddies and having my camera you know taking pics i was like the photographer for everybody and doing some fun steel wool photography which i don't know if you've ever seen that before but yeah light it on fire and swing it around yeah okay yep and so that you know i would say that part of my photography career is a very like person focused and it was a lot of like we're hanging out with my friends and we're going for yeah. like a drive in the woods. Mm-hmm. Let's bring my camera.
0: That's so funny to me. Mm-hmm. Growing up in the suburbs, let's just go driving. Yeah, woods. yeah, that, that, was woods. that was something. We have stoplights.
1: That was something we regularly did. We would go on the Norway truck trails and <laughs> drive all over the dirt roads and just yeah. have fun. And luckily, nobody ever seriously uh, did anything uh, bad. But um, I always brought my camera for that, and that you know, just taking photos and getting a few good ones here and there, and then starting to post yeah. them on Instagram was something that I really like found just a lot of satisfaction from doing. Um, And then actually, so I started doing that and met one of my really good friends, Michael Johns or MJ, um, Mm -hmm. commented on one of my photos, said, hey man, like let's go shoot sometime. Let's go take some photos. Mm -hmm. He was a friend of a friend of a friend. Yeah, Um, everyone knows everyone. Exactly, Uh exactly. But I knew that he was a really good photographer and he was like, hey, let's go hang out. Let's go shoot. Mm -hmm. And so I really think that MJ was... Kind of that that he provided that guidance that I really you know needed mm-hmm. I don't know what I don't want to say needed but just like he gave me that helping hand to be like hey man like try this kind of photography out and like yeah. mess around with these kind of settings and taught me a lot about stuff that I never yeah. really would have like thought about
2: That's cool. and MJ
1: is such a brain like he is tenfold the photographer that I'll ever be and and videographer mm-hmm. he's amazing um, it's Michael Johns on Instagram I'm gonna plug him you should go follow him he's awesome. <laughs> um but MJ is the real reason why I kind of like started to really seek out photography as like yeah. a full time, you know, activity that I would do for fun.
0: Yeah. That's
1: um. Funny. And so we would go on, you know, let's go up to the Porkies and or the 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 Porcupine Mountains up in the UP, which is like a state natural area. Let's go <laughs> out and you know take some photos of the you know the the pretty fall leaves or a waterfall yeah. or whatever, and just kind of like have fun and just go out and enjoy kind of like being outside but then also mm-hmm. like capturing that and so that's where that kind of passion of being outside and just doing stuff outside at all mm-hmm. times mixed with photography and it was like this is the best thing ever yeah it's awesome it was so cool that's cool um uh, and then honestly after that point it was like getting a good photo is like intoxicating huh it is like the biggest rush i've ever experienced in my life it, having a um experiencing a moment where you get a good photo and you see it on the back of your camera and you're like yeah. oh my gosh yeah. Like, I need to get that on my computer now. I yeah. want to go edit that. I want to go. I want it on my phone. I want it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I have goosebumps. Look.
2: <laughs> Literally. You do. He
1: does. Literally. That's true. It's like one of the best feelings ever in the world. Um, and so that, you know, kind of finding that passion of, and when I started hanging out with MJ, it was like really like, okay, I like taking pictures of landscapes yeah, I like being, that's when that started shifting. That's okay. when that kind of started shifting. It was like from hanging out with friends Senior and taking photos. photos. Yeah, not even. Just oh. like just like random, random photos. Just having my huh. camera by and just messing around with the settings. Cool. And often getting bad photos. Um, uh-huh. To where MJ kind of provided me that guidance of like really pay attention to lighting. Mm. Lighting is huge. And once I saw that, I was like, wow, like sunrise is really pretty. And often the time right before sunrise with that blue light yeah it's awesome and so he was he's really big on lighting and that's something that i started yeah. like getting an eye for yeah
0: which is kind big of on lighting now. which huge
1: huge yeah it's just kind of a blessing and a curse because if it's like bad lighting I'm like <laughs> uh. it's like i don't even want to go take photos it's bad right now you know and so like i've really cut down my time on the camera because i've just been like uh. yeah that's true you do mm-hmm.
0: owe me graduation photos because you told me it was bad light <laughs> i'm putting that on the record that was probably a cop-out i probably you just did not want to do it me there was bad light so we couldn't take ground photos so yeah, we gotta was... retake those we'll have to
1: do that <laughs> anyways long story short mj was really the person that pushed me to find that photo- like the landscape yeah. side of things and looking yeah. for light and then from the landscape and just exploring into that type of photography i found another passion in wildlife photography mm-hmm. um, which is also a super intoxicating form of photography and once you have an experience where you're like you have a 900 pound moose eating out of a river in front of you. And <laughs> like you're like, yeah, our living room. <laughs> yeah. You're 10 feet away from him and he's just chilling and eating. And you just get to take photos of him is like yeah. the most surreal experience. And like, just, it levels you back to earth. It is so mm-hmm. cool. You don't even feel like you exist in that moment. Yeah. It's, it's hard to explain, but it, it, you're just so connected with watching that animal be itself. Um, it is such a thrill. Yeah. It is such a thrill. It's like nailing a backflip on skis or whatever your thrill is you get, whatever your adrenaline rush is, that is also, you, know, you can get that through photography. And so having those few moments of a crazy encounter with an animal and being yeah. able to capture that is hard to find, Yeah. but also really fun. Hmm.
0: So I interviewed Allie Laidlaw, which mm-hmm. you know well. She's yep. another student. Um, she's a photographer and I asked her the question, when you take a photo of someone, do you feel like it's taking a piece of their soul? And Which is so, a deep question. That is a deep question, and she had a really good answer. But when you're taking a photo of the wildlife anywhere you are in, in such like a vulnerable time of sunrise, mm-hmm. how does that connect you to that space?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. I find... I just find the land so beautiful. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's like this connection that stems back to that being a youper, but (laughs) you're just having that outdoor connection. Yeah. But I just find it so freaking beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I just, it is it it honestly is such a privilege to be able to take that photo and be like, look at this. Look how cool this is. Yeah. You know, and just like share that with somebody so they can experience it. Mm -hmm. Obviously not being in the Tetons watching the light hit the peaks is... That's one thing. Being there is crazy, right? Yeah. But being able to share that with somebody is so cool. Mm -hmm. And so I think, honestly, that's... To say that I'm taking a piece of it, I don't think I am. Hmm. I feel like I'm making a memory. Yeah. Especially with... You
0: connecting, mm. like you're getting deeper connected to it. Yes,
1: exactly. It's like, it's just, it's crazy to have the ability to capture it in that moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Because no two moments are like each other. So it's really cool to like have that moment and be able to look back on it. Mm-hmm. I often just go th- scroll through some photos like in my phone, just like, oh, remember that sunrise? That was really cool. Yeah. And like there, there's just weird little things that will happen that you can never account for. Yeah. Like never. Like huh. the moose that we have hanging on our wall, um, <laughs> I have a photo of it. It's not a good one, but there was a photo of somebody during the sunrise that there was a, a couple that were was on a wooden canoe that snuck up in the back, the background of the photo, and so I have a picture of them there. It's not a great photo, uh-huh. but it's really cool because it's like I could have never for one, I woke up to a moose in front of me ten feet away. Yeah. Then a couple in a wooden canoe that was like super photogenic was just there.
0: That's cute. So it's just kind of cool. Like I didn't hear that part. No,
1: like it's I have to show it to you. It's really cool. Huh. Um, but there's just moments like no two no two moments are the same. And so I feel like the ability to share that is really cool. And the ability to see somebody else's moment. Yeah. I want to, you know, I I love, it's a bummer Instagram has gotten to the point where it is, but I loved sharing photos and following other photographers just to see like, wow, like that specific moment, moment, I wish I could be there for that, Hmm. but I can in a way.
0: How do you think photography has changed even since you've gotten into it with like reels and all of the social media the need for everyone to be perfect. How yeah, does that I, affect the photography world that you love so much?
1: I don't like using the word hate, but I, I'm not actually I'm not going to use it. I very <laughs> much, <laughs> I very much dislike Instagram nowadays. Wow. I actually, I'm kind of considering deleting my account. No. I. I won't let you. Feel super. Um,
0: Imposter syndrome.
1: No, not at all. I feel very comfortable with my with my abilities. I just hmm. don't enjoy what that platform has become yeah i just really don't and i wish i didn't use it as much Mm -hmm. because those those short content is just not at all what i'm on instagram for
0: there's no depth to it there isn't and there's so much depth to the photography Mm -hmm. that you're passionate about
1: exactly and it feels exactly that's nail on the head it just feels the opposite of what it once was Huh. And so I have a hard time like wanting to share that mm-hmm. because it's honestly a big part of why I continued to do my photography, just having yeah. the support of my peers, and my friends are like, wow, this is so cool. Like, and yeah. just getting that like, likes are one thing, Yeah, but to have somebody say something is yeah. way, way more. It means so huh. much, means so much to me. That's true. Um, and so Instagram was great for that. It really was. And I'm, yeah, it's a bummer. It's where it is now and hopefully it gets fixed, but
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think specifically that social media platform is is uh, on its downfall. I don't wow. know. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it mm. fixes its way, but I, I really don't see Instagram lasting. I mean, it probably what? will. It probably will, but in terms of like photographer usage. Yeah.
0: Interesting.
1: I'm just out on it.
0: Yeah. What is the worst photo you've ever taken?
1: <laughs> Anything Photoshopped really yeah i used to be i had a big photoshop what was the kick.
0: biggest photoshop you've ever done like did you photoshop because right now the media obviously is very into photoshop mm-hmm. and that's something i very stand against like yeah people editing themselves to look perfect Yep, yeah. celebrities but like what is the most obviously photoshopped photo that you've ever done
1: i've got a couple photos where i faked birds <laughs> which is so funny which is so funny just looking back on like my philosophy now because i was to like oh just be in the moment it's so cool to be in the moment and i'm like let's add some fake birds in there let's,
0: add some let's totally fake ruin bird. yeah
1: let's totally ruin that like super cool in the moment thing i just like ranted <laughs> about just added fake birds and like totally ruined it
0: what type of bird like an eagle
1: no, it's just, like, super far away, so it's just, like, a black figure like in the black, sky. Oh, got it. Yeah, okay. so it's, like, you can't tell. You just click and drag and drop it in. It's, like, oh, there's a couple birds there now.
2: <gasps> that is so funny. Yeah. Are they still on your Instagram? No. Oh, I, okay. I I
1: got rid of all, like, oh, most, I. I think, all of the ones that, I, that were, like, really bad Photoshopped. I kind of, yeah. like, I had a kick where it was um, being around a place that wasn't so, like, landscape photogenic. Oh, got it. I got into like a lot of, like, cities and stuff. Yeah. I just don't, like. I can do some city photography, but that often leads to like doing like fun photo manipulation stuff, which is, has its place in art too. Yeah, And I, I love true. looking like, I follow tons of artists that do photo manipulation and I think it's totally amazing. It's just not what I like, you know, my art has evolved no, into and what I enjoy. Organic.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, it's so interesting. Cause like there's the whole, you know, film photography versus digital and digital as such the ability to change, you know, the, mm-hmm. the image and it, There's a whole debate in that, in the art, but I think art is art. And so I can, I can appreciate photo manipulation when, you know, when that's what they're going for. But if you're trying to pull off fake birds and act like it's real, like I was, then that's not (laughs) cool.
0: Okay. I'm going to pull it back. So I, this is one of my earliest going places episodes. I interviewed Patrick Gagnon, Mm -hmm. good friend of ours. I don't even know if this is on my Spotify. Sorry, Patrick. I should put (laughs) our episode on my Spotify. Um, but I asked him if he considers iPhone photography to be real photography. What do you think?
1: Oh, I I never heard his answer. I'm curious. I know we
0: need to go back. We'll do a rerun. We got to post that. He's, he has a good episode. Mm -hmm. He's a big boat guy.
1: Yeah. Big boat guy. Shout
0: out to Patrick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's in Colorado now.
1: He's a, he also moved West with us. Yeah.
0: He moved West too.
1: Um,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I think so. I think it has its place. Hmm. I think it's amazing to have like such a powerful camera in your pocket. Yeah. But at the same time it will never replace my uh my my camera.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> that makes sense.
1: It will never replace my my uh Nikon. It won't. Huh. It won't. Um I think it's like the tactile of like actually like changing the f-stop and the you know, thing. yeah, like Always shoot manual. That
0: makes sense because you drive a manual car.
1: Exactly. So, a
0: very manual. man Yeah,
1: I just, I think,
0: <laughs>
1: I really enjoy having the ability to like change lenses. Like, oh, yeah. This, you know, my 24 mil will be the best option for this scene. And I can, yeah. it, I just, I think iPhones are great for when you have, you need to get a quick photo while wow, this is happening in the moment. Get it. Yeah. And you got it. Great. Hmm. But it will never, 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 never outbeat my my DSLR. It won't.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. So I feel like we can't do this podcast episode without mentioning that you had a podcast, mm-hmm. two different podcasts. Mm-hmm. So walk me through what it was like in college. That's kind of how we met.
1: Yeah. Actually, Radio it club. It yeah. is well.
0: Kind of. Kind we of. Were, a well, good chunk. Fun fact: We were in the same econ class, Econ one hundred and one. I thought he was so smart because he sat in the very front of the room and I was so just like, that was before I fell in love with business and the whole networking thing. <laughs> so I was just so overwhelmed by business culture and I was like, who is this man? He's like, obviously knows more than everyone else mm-hmm. here. Like, what the hell?
1: I It's because I took an econ course this yeah. semester before. How so it was like God. all the like low ball, like <laughs> econ one oh one on one questions. I'm like, oh, over here. Me, me. Yeah. Like, totally got him. Yeah. And, and then- as a mess on, I got my soul crushed. So don't worry. Oh, good. Uh, That's good to
0: hear. But walk me through, like, how did you fall in love with podcasting, like I did?
1: Yeah, it it was a form of that creative outlet. Okay. I found that where I went to school was a really good place for education. Yeah. It was super geared towards like, let's get the student all the resources that they can have Lots of to resources. be the best student they can be, mm-hmm. which was phenomenal. It was like the best scenario I could have ever been in. Yeah. That being said, when I told you like, oh, and I was like in that phase of photography where I wasn't like really doing landscape photography because I wasn't in a place that like felt to me like a, <laughs> a place where I could find that beauty, yeah, which there is some, there are some places I'm not knocking on Greenway. Wisconsin or any of that area because there are some beautiful areas, but just specifically where I was, yeah. it was hard to find time to like get far enough away to go to those places to find that creative outlet that I like desperately needed. Yeah. And then on top of just having a passion for sports, both my shows are sports. Mm-hmm. And so having like both of them were times, a good chunk of the time it was come in, have basically nothing prepared. Tony and my other podcast would prepare stuff, but I would never shout prepare anything. To Tony G. Yeah. Yeah. Show to Tony G.
0: The Tony G show is awesome and you mm-hmm. should check it out because he's very talented.
1: And I'm going to get on him to start posting again. I think he's been taking a little bit of a break.
0: I mean, we all do.
1: Yeah. Right. But exactly. I'm on a break kind of right now, too. <laughs> but uh, it just provided that outlet that I needed. Yeah. Really. And and having time to just hang out with friends and talk about sports. It was really fun.
0: We have had different podcasting experiences. We
1: have. We have totally. The The core four was with Tony, uh, Matt Swanson, and Matt Weaver, and myself. So the four mm-hmm. of us, we talked about sports. It was mostly a live show yeah. that we did through four years senior year kind of dropped off just because of covid and stuff which was a bummer that's sad but for that show we literally did no prepping no prepping at all yeah we would basically come in and go yeah we probably should talk about that today and then we just start the show and just see where like the conversation led us yeah and then tony's show he did a little bit more structuring at first it was very like we're going to touch on these three topics Mm -hmm. and as we got to senior it was like we're going to touch on these three topics and here's every like data point we need to mention
0: oh that's cool yeah that was tony shout out to tony i did
1: none of the work yeah (laughs) i basically showed up and talked and acted goofy yeah which was honestly great it was a creative outlet that i didn't have to take too seriously and had a great time doing it Mm -hmm. and tony and i put together over 170 episodes
0: Jeez.
1: something like that and the core four put together over i mean four seasons or eight seasons we must have hit 100 episodes either way Mm -hmm. we did a lot
0: yeah Let's change gears a little bit again. We're okay. gonna jump around.
1: I like it. Um keep the energy high.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about your travels mm-hmm. because we've had very different travels. You're Way. you're a uper traveler and I am a suburban traveler mm-hmm. through and through because you love road trips. Yep. You've been how many national parks have you been to?
1: Ooh. Can I take a minute to count here? Yeah, how you're fine. Okay. Hmm.
0: There's two hands. That he's counting with.
1: <laughs> to make sure I'm not missing anymore. Oh, missed one. <laughs> oh, man, I want to get to 10. Come on, I've been to more. Florida. I think it's eight.
0: Eight. That's a good number. That's my favorite number.
1: Yeah, I think it's eight. I've been to eight parks. But
0: you've uh, been all over the U.S.
1: Yeah, uh, so I've been to eight parks. Um, My favorite, personal favorite, Backpackers Paradise, Ad Royal. One of the least visited, but one of the most revisited national parks Yeah. in the uh, system was my real true taste. And that kind of calls back to that whole like finding my love for the outdoors started with a Boy Scouts ish backpacking trip to Isle Royale, mm-hmm. I think in eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. And that's where I was really like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. This is really cool. Yeah. So I've never left the country.
0: How do you feel about that? I don't like it. Do you I feel get like out of here. claustrophobic to no. the U.S.? Oh.
1: I appreciate other places. I just want to. I just haven't had the ability to go see them yet. Yeah, I've been all, I've been around a lot of places in the U.S. The U.S. is massive, and there's some absolutely mm. gorgeous places. Up is a very like oh eight hour road trip. Let's do it. Oh my god, <laughs> that's like Ugh. that's like cakewalk. I mean, <laughs> to get to Isle Royale, we did a eight hour drive up the Minnesota coast to the North Shore, which is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And then we took about a six-hour boat ride, I think, through Lake Superior. Oh, my God. And then we got to the island, and we hiked for 70 miles. there's
0: no roads on this island. There's no... There's nothing yeah, except shame, old houses, right? Right.
1: Shameless plug for our royal. You need to go visit it. It is <laughs> one of the coolest national parks ever. its It's got such a good history. Mm-hmm. Um, before its time as a national park was kind of mined a little bit and some fisheries started popping up and it became a national park. Mm-hmm. Really some, rich indigenous yes, storytelling. Yes, beautiful, beautiful storytelling and yeah. some of the most amazing um, stories ever. I'm totally blanking on the name of the book I'm reading right now about the stories of, you know, like the, the island's um, historical, you know, value, mm-hmm. but just amazing stories and It's really cool because the island has, like, preserved some of those things. So, like, some of the mines, some of the very first mines that were ever created for copper and on on Isle royal are still there.
2: That's really cool. And
1: so you can go stand in there and be like, wow, there was somebody, like, literally digging this with, like, a chisel. Absolutely crazy. And there's old uh, cottages there before it became a national park, so they're kind of grandfathered in. There's, like, cool little pieces of history there. But beyond that, there are no ticks. There are no bears. Wow. There are only... Moose and 12 wolves could be miscounting that there's uh, i think it's 12 okay. and then a ton of moose ton like over 1200 maybe oh and it's, my gosh yeah and it's one of the it's the home of the longest predator prey study between the wolves and moose um recently the national park system uh introduce some more wolves back into the population because the number was so low yeah um the wolves usually cross via an ice bridge in the winter Mm -hmm. because there's so much food over there tons of moose um moose have a hard time finding food so there's some easy prey yeah but because of global warming that ice bridge rarely forms now
0: wow
1: or it takes you know at, at certain points in the winter it'll be only so long that that ice bridge is there yeah and so it's pretty rare for wolves to cross now. Hmm. So they reintroduced some, which is a hot topic. But yeah. Isle Royal is, is a backpacker's paradise. It is amazing. You can, you know, backpack 100 miles and not go on a trail twice. It's amazing. Really cool. Home to some of the best National Park rangers. I wonder if Ranger Val is still there. She's great. Shout out to Ranger Val. Shout out to Ranger Val if you're listening. That'd be amazing. You um, need to find her on Facebook. Yeah. But the whole, you know, travel as a, as a youper, it's a lot of like, let's just go drive somewhere. I mean, I I think we would go on a Friday or something, my buddies and I would go and like, let's drive, you know, to this waterfall that's two hours away and then come home the same day. (laughs) It's just like, it was like commonplace, Hmm. which is cool because that's kind of built that foundation for me where now out here it's so many places are within that four hour drive range. Yeah. That's like nothing. It's really like nothing. And so the having that foundation of the UP and just like, The willingness to go and check stuff out and to like to sacrifice a little bit of time just to go and like experience such a cool place yeah to me is is like totally worth that drive
0: so i asked social media what i should ask you you did yeah i reached out i put it on my story like what should i ask oh my gosh i totally missed that special (laughs) guest
1: oh oh okay i saw that and um that went right over my head
0: and one i i think i only got one response which is hysterical but the response was, what is your biggest regret? And that was from Patrick. So shout out to Patrick.
1: Dang, Patrick's like...
0: Again, Patrick is popping up. He you is. need to interview him again or something. But what is your biggest regret?
1: I honestly think um, hmm, there are people in life that treat you as like a second thought. Yeah. And I, th- I-, I wish that I realized sooner that you're so much more than that. It's sad to say because I try to, like, be... So, like, I want to treat everybody with respect.
0: You're very intentional about that.
1: Yeah, I want to be respectful. But, obviously, respect is earned, not given. Mm-hmm. And I think I didn't realize that until much later in life that in order to give, you know, that that respect and to appreciate that respect, yeah. they have to earn it first. Yeah. And there were a lot of people in my life that I just kind of let that go. Hmm. Um. So I guess that kind of just comes to like surrounding yourself with people you want to be around. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't say that I regretted it because it definitely built the person I am today. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of a cop out answer because I don't think I regret it at all. Yeah. Some of those people are amazing, amazing people. And I'm not, you know, at all, it's just different people, you know? Yeah. It, it, there's just those relationships that just for whatever reason, just friendships or relationships, whatever, they just don't work. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say I regret it, but, you know, looking back in life, it's like, oh, what would I change? It's like, well, obviously you'd want to cut those out because it just was, hmm. felt like wasted time, but it's really not wasted when you learn something from it. Right.
0: True. How is this Going Places experience been? Because it's been about two years in the making.
1: Yeah, literally, I think when you started your podcast, which was sophomore year, right?
0: Yeah. The, I remember this. I have a Going Places story about you. We were in radio club because this is how Going Places started. And you sat next to me at, like, the club meeting, the first club meeting. Okay. I was like, oh, I don't know. I want to start a podcast. I don't know yet. We'll see. And you were like, oh, yeah, just don't start it alone because that's terrifying. Do not do it alone. (laughs) Whatever you do, find someone to do it with you. And I was like, okay. And then I (laughs) just did it. I was like,
1: Well, in a sense, you do it with somebody, though. Like, you have people with you. Yeah, I have, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think when you started your show... After, like, your third interview, I was like, yeah, let's do one. I'd love to have a chat with you. Yeah, I
0: think I asked you to be on it.
1: And then you blew me off for two years.
0: Well, <laughs> not really.
1: I'm kidding. I'm just <laughs> giving you a hard time. No, no. You uh, you said, yeah, let's do it. And then we never scheduled it. Yeah. And then, like, a year later, I was like, hey, Kara, like, still like to do that interview. I think it'd be fun. And you're like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. And then we never scheduled it. And <laughs> we ended up moving together. And then you're like, we should do the interview soon. So kind of funny how that worked out.
0: So uh, you've had this big move. You've Mm -hmm. had crazy life changes in the past, Mm -hmm. even four years, six months, whatever you want to say. What is your biggest goal next?
1: I want to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Huh. I always say I want to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's something that I always shoot for. Yeah. But that is so much easier said than done. Yeah. Like so much easier. There's, you know, it's comfort for a reason yeah and you know with my time being here now i want to push myself to do things that i would never really kind of consider especially in terms of career okay i want to get into this job i want to really push myself to be uncomfortable and to not know what i'm doing
0: so what do you think is your biggest hurdle right now
1: just understanding like the functionality of 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 what I need to do. Like the the mm-hmm. program I use is no. so complicated that yeah. it's just a lot to understand and to like take in in 2 weeks is impossible. Yeah. It, it drove me up a wall. Um long-term goals, I want to I, uh, I think I want to at least do some more like further ed. I don't know if it'll be I, I don't want to label it because I'm not sure yeah. what it'll be yet, but I want to continue to push myself to learn whether that's through school through um, work. I mean, it'll be definitely through my hobbies. I'll be learning more through that. But I want to push myself to learn. I want to read more. Yeah. I've been reading a lot, which is great. I've never, I've I've read more. We don't have a TV. We don't have a TV, which is the best thing ever.
0: Yeah, it's pretty nice. We don't need it. Nope.
1: But I'm making a goal for myself to read more. I've read more probably in the last, the last three weeks of my life. I've read more than the last like three years yeah not including school because you read so much for school like just like you know tax accounting books which are just drier than paint Mm -hmm. so
0: (laughs) okay so we only have a few questions left um like anything that comes to mind when you're like we just moved across the country
1: i guess just like to that point go out and do whatever you want to do yeah i've always wanted to make this move i've always wanted to be out here and since being here it's been the most positive experience, and obviously there's going to be bad things that happen. That's, <laughs> you know, that's life. What's the worst that happens? It doesn't work out.
0: You then you shrug bag. your shoulders
1: and move on and find the next thing you want to do. So go for it.
0: All right, I have one more question. You've had two and a half years to prepare for this question. Oh, oh God, you should probably know what it is because I ask every I guest. I have no it. idea. If you could go anywhere in the world, oh, I'm just where would you not go?
1: I think my answer was stolen by Susan Stein.
0: Disney World? Yeah. Shout out to Susan Stein. Yeah. That is a great answer. That's a great answer. That's my favorite answer. Never,
1: I mean, I've been to Disney. It's great. It's great when you're a kid. Not, I just have no desire to go to a place like that. Yeah. But so I don't copy Susan Stein. I would say Disney World's on that list. And this is kind of a contradictory answer. New York City. Oh, And I'll probably end up going to New York City in my life. Yeah. But it is one of those places I will have a hard time spending money to go there. (laughs) A really hard time. Because I could easily spend that money and go to, like, Zion or a a national park and be way more floored by the beauty there than I would be by a city.
0: So where can my listeners go to find your photography?
1: Yeah. Well, I guess Instagram.
0: Instagram. (laughs) (laughs)
1: um i got at augustus media a-u-g-u-s-t-u-s media m-e-i-m-e-d-i-a there will be a
0: link to that in the show notes yeah
1: augustus media on instagram um uh, i think i have a facebook as well linkedin linkedin you give me follow or uh, connect with me william mccormick Yeah. you'll see me up as backcountry marketplace analyst send me a connect i'd love to chat and uh if you want help with finding careers or whatever please reach out uh Visco Augustus Media. Yeah. Follow me there. I like Visco more nowadays. Yeah. So reach out to me there. I think Willis5312 on Twitter as well. Okay. So yeah, those are my plugs. Those are my shameless plugs. Cool. Please give me a follow. I love looking at uh fun art and connecting with people to talk about art. So let's do it. Cool.
0: Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. That was my interview with Will McCormick. Again, I just loved our conversation. It's been two years in the making. So it's been a really fun opportunity to sit down and reflect on how far Going Places has gone since literally the creation in a radio club. Um, And if you liked this episode, I encourage you to reach out to Will on social media. His photography is amazing. And if you liked this episode, please reach out to me on all platforms. I'm available. Um... And yeah, thanks for tuning in. I hope you can check out my other guests. They're all going places. So thanks for tuning in. And I can't wait to see where you go. Bye.